co-host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. It's over freezing, Brad. It's yes, not, it is. It's not nine. Well, it's probably freezing now, but it's not nineteen below anymore. Nice day. <laughs> That's state senator, state senator Brad Path, District Thirty Two. And uh, he's hanging out in studio this hour, 608-785-7914. Brad, it's kind of interesting. You're here. Yes. Did Kamala not invite you to Milwaukee? Or? Well, <laughs> now I, uh, I I stick close to home here. I'm glad that uh, Wisconsin is the uh, center of attention right now. But, um, no, I'm going to stay focused here in Wisconsin. If, if you wanted to go, and I, I understand, like, I mean, I won't even go to a Bucks game sometimes because it's, it's six hours of your day to drive there. But if you wanted to go, could you just like make a call and, and show up, or would would you get in, or how how would that work? I mean, pr- President Biden's coming to Superior next week. I learned week. that. Do you yeah. think you you would go to that? I mean, that's the president, right? Yeah. No, I'm going to stick close to home. It's even here. further away. <laughs> it is. I, I'm going to stay right here. I mean, this is uh, this is where I need to be. But no, I do appreciate that both the vice president and now the president are coming to Wisconsin. Um, I think it's great that we draw that kind of attention, but uh, I'll continue to stick close to home. We've talked about this on the show, not we, me and you, but I've talked about it with some political scientists about with the the election coming up. And oh, so we have the Electoral College, right? And the whole meaning of that is to kind of even out the states like South Dakota gets as much attention as California. But it really seems to be working in a way that only Wisconsin and like six other states get all the attention now because California's decided, right. Texas has decided, we kind of know yeah. like statewide where the electoral votes are going to go except for states like Wisconsin. That's right. And the electoral college seems to be kind of failing in that way because it's not giving any you know, it's not bringing up the South Dakotas and it's not you know, helping the Californias where most of the populations are, you know, New York, right. California's, but man, it's so, so They're we get coming the, here and it's kind of awesome for us. And with Wisconsin, cause look at all the attention we get, you know, That's right. except for Hillary Clinton at one yeah, time. Yeah, she did come to the state in 2016 <laughs> and we all know what happened there. She came, she came during the primary and, and drank a beer, a frothy beer over cause she poured it herself. Oh. She got ripped up for that. Okay. There's a pretty funny meme, but yeah, uh, it's just kind of weird. So, like, get prepared for multiple, multiple visits from everybody, huh? Yes, I believe that will be the case, and it'll be an interesting 24. Um, all right, well, we got to talk some state Senate news and some state legislature news, but is there, like, okay, so before we do that, you you put out a news release last week that you were, you'll have to give me the details. Sure. We're naming, is it a highway or a stretch of highway or is it a building? Well, or? so I, I'm kind of proud of this. This tells the story of Wisconsin to a cer- certain extent, and that is we are naming the uh, Interstate 90 from the Minnesota border, uh, French Island, to where the interstate divides in Toma. We are naming it the uh, Ho-Chunk Code Talkers Memorial Highway. And for those of you that aren't familiar, uh, the Ho-Chunk, um, members of the Ho-Chunk Nation uh, participated in assisting the United States military during World War I and especially World War II when it came to um, uh, assisting our, our soldiers and um, sharing information. And they were called Code Talkers. 33 na- uh, Native American nations uh, assisted the U.S. Uh, military uh, during World War I and World War II. 
um, and the Ho-Chunk being part of that. And we've been able to identify, I believe it's 14 individuals that uh, were members of the Ho-Chunk Nation that uh, participated in this code talking. And uh, I'm proud that we've got actually bipartisan so some legislation. Of their, some of their like children and grandchildren probably live in the area that that remember or probably heard stories from that. And we have we, that's that is correct. And so now we're any featured in the Nicolas Cage Wind Talkers mm, movie, right? That no, was a, do you, ever, do you yeah, know that movie? I do know that uh, like 2002. Right. It's we, a weird a weird person to like star in a movie like that, Nicolas Cage, yeah. based on where he's gone since. But um, yeah, right. But we hear an awful lot of like that. Um, um, the uh, various other nations in southwest uh, southwestern part of the United States, uh, Native American nations that participated in code talking, but it's but we did it here. Uh, the Ho Chunk did. Okay, uh, so how does that process work? Like, does the Ho Chunk come up? Who comes up with the idea, and then where do you go with it? Because imagine if they don't come to you with this idea, you go to them, and then do they roll their eyes and go really? Yeah. Or do they go, that's really cool. We would like that. They actually did bring it up uh, to a legislative colleague of mine from Eau Claire, and um, the leaders of the Ho-Chunk Nation did and said, you know, this is something we want to make you aware of. And uh, legislation was introduced and uh, quickly got bipartisan support. And um, I'm glad that we actually are going to get it signed into law. I hope the uh, governor signs it sooner rather than later. I hope he signs it here in the lacrosse area. Is there a reason why it was a highway and not like something else? No, there's no reason. It's just the fact that we want it. People will okay. read those signs. Now, on top of everything else, no disrespect to you or, or them proposing it, but like this is the only thing government can do sometimes. <laughs> sometimes uh, I, it appears it's all I, we can do is rename. I, uh, I brought right. this up last week. I think Derek Van Orden put out a news release the same way. He wanted to name the VA in Toma after um, some veteran. I, I'm not, I'm not going to have the details off the top of my head, but... Um, kind of the same thing. Like it looks like just like political good news that we want to put out. Look at me, and you know, no, no offense, but that's <laughs> no, and, and there's no offense taken. I, 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 I hear that. Obviously, we do need to. We have a job to do, and we need to get it done. But uh, I am glad that we're able to at least get this much done in a bipartisan recognition of the efforts of members of the Ho Chunk Nation to help the United States in World War One and World War Two, and you know, the war since that time. But, um, yes, we definitely have a lot more work to do as a legislature to, uh, you know, work together. That's for sure. 608-785-7914 is the talk of text line. State Senator Brad Pass going to hang out. Uh, okay, so I got my Kamala Harris joke in there. Let me look. Uh, we could talk about medical marijuana. I think you guys would get that bill, perhaps. We'll see. Um, abortion, there's an abortion bill, like well, 14 today, weeks. today should be the 51st birthday of Roe v. Wade. Yeah. But as we know, what happened in the spring of 2022, the U.S. Supreme Court brought that to an end. So, so we'll talk about that. I don't know if I want to get into the parental rights bill that the Assembly passed. No, you did you guys pass? No, the Assembly, assembly passed. Assembly passed. Well, that's right. I get back mixed up. And then, you know, we might get new maps here. Uh, you might get new maps. I hope we get new maps. And how that might affect you. But as we're doing that, the you you in the Senate might vote on the quote-unquote Iowa, Iowa model, right? Yes or no? we well, got to go to break. So. It really isn't the Iowa model, but that's what the uh, proponents of the bill that's bringing forward tomorrow, that's what they're okay. calling it. Oh, yeah. So that's coming up tomorrow. So that's like we really got to talk about that because it's coming up tomorrow. All right. We'll be back in a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. All right, Brad, ACDC, here it is. No tour dates. Now, 
Oh, what's, do you know the singer's name for ACDC? Wow, was it Angus? DC lead singer. Angus Young? Okay, I gotta look at it. Brian Johnson? Brian Johnson and then Angus. And then if I if I go age, so he's 76, the, the ACDC lead singer. So when when and State Senator Brad Paff hanging out at this hour, when he comes in, he doesn't care what we talk about. He doesn't even want to know. But then he goes, but what music are we going to play when we come back from break? And he's very, in, he's that is where he draws a line. He says, I we got to, so, and then coming up next will be a Rolling Stone song. And we just, before the show, the pregame for the show was, who, who are the Rolling Stones still touring? So we learned Mick Jagger's 80. Mick Jagger's 80 and they're and, touring. And they're touring. And not only are they touring, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven dates in May. <laughs> And then, like, seven more in June. Look at the July. And four in July. It's amazing. So Mick Jagger, 80 year olds, <laughs> and they're touring. And the best part of this, if you go to the Stones touring days, it's uh, so that they have a logo with the tongue out, you know. But the touring date in 2024 is sponsored by AARP. The AARP <laughs> logo is right in the tours. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. What a way to reach your audience there. 80-year-old. But that's amazing. 80s, 80s, amazing. I mean, Mick Jagger, if he was like an American citizen, you'd be very interested mm-hmm. in getting his endorsement as an 80-year-old mm-hmm. because Biden and Trump would be like, hey, this dude, like we, we could run the country. This dude's still touring <laughs> like right. 14 times in the next two months. That's right. I don't but know. Yet, Mick- unfortunately, Brian Johnson and AC, ACDC are not. Yeah. It's, I don't, and I don't know why. Brian Johnson, that doesn't sound like the lead singer's name he should have changed his name right if you're acdc lead singer you yeah. your name and maybe are we did, we did they get like a new lead singer and that's the old sure. guy's name I'm not exactly we're not going to dive into that too much but yeah. um okay so before uh we started out the show i i don't know why i went off on the electoral college but i did and you know what that what happens is that that gets somebody to call in and chris called in and he had a question for brad so chris go ahead you had something on the electoral college for brad I do, and I'm going to boil it down to a local question. Awesome. Um, the Electoral College, like you said, some people say it has, you know, not as much relevance as it does. And, you know, a, a, an entire city like L.A. can cancel out several states just by their votes. And my question is, on a state level, can a state say we have 100 electoral votes and the state votes 50% Republican, 50% Democrat, or or whatever percentage it is, can a state divide up its electoral college votes in a percentage versus one party getting everything? Yeah, actually, I'll answer that because for some dumb reason I didn't give you your headphones. But, um, you know, he's he's kind of saying the same thing we were saying, the electoral college, it just nullifies. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's not working. It, it was set up so it would nullify California a little bit, but it's working in a way that just promotes – 50-50 states like Wisconsin, where, and I brought this up because a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the campaign money that's flowing. If there's a hundred million dollars in, ca- and it's like billions, mm-hmm. if there's a, a hundred million dollars of campaign cash out there and, and you spread that out to all 50 states. Okay. But what happens is like 90% of the campaign cash is going to our seven states that are 50-50 and every, every other one is out. But what he's saying is, can you split the electoral votes? And I believe two states in the right. nation split the electoral votes and I, I forget which ones Nebraska once, and Maine. Nebraska and Maine. So so and I would say I'm just guessing Maine's probably like a little bit more democratic and Nebraska's probably a little bit more Republican. So if you say, oh it's partisan one way or the other, um uh, but that but I but I do think that's interesting. So if Wisconsin was a, was doing this, 
like half the votes would probably go to Trump and half the votes would go to Biden in this upcoming election if those are the nominees. Yeah, I mean, it's first of all, Chris, it's a very good question, and I am no expert on it. But I can tell you, as Rick stated, that both Maine and Nebraska currently do it, and they break it down by congressional district. And if you look at how the presidential primaries work with each respective uh, party, Republican and Democrat, some states have a winner-take-all, which is what our electoral college is, um, here in Wisconsin and in many other states. And then some states have it broken down by who wins a particular congressional district then would receive the um, So it wouldn't work here delegates. either because yeah. the congressional districts here are gerrymandered. Although and there's a lawsuit. That's but the question that keeps being brought up. Is because how if, do we, if how you do just we went by this? vote, like, oh, if there's 100 people voting and 51 went for Trump, then you would give one more electoral vote right. to Trump. Well, we got 10. So you give six to Trump and five to Biden or four to Biden or something like that. Right. And, that, and you bring up a good point, Rick. And that is, is rather than doing it by congressional district, doing it by popular votes. So right. Somebody gets 50 one percent, they would receive fifty-one percent of the electoral yeah. votes. The other person gets forty-nine percent. They get forty-nine percent of the electoral votes. But, but then, right but then, now, it's winner take all. But then, just get rid of the electoral votes and right. like, okay, you got fifty-one percent of the vote. Well, just count the voters then. Like, it's just right. it's we're the only country that does the electoral college. And if it was if it worked that way, then we would do it as a state. That we would elect you as a state senator through electoral college in yeah. some way. Every county got so many electoral right. votes, but we don't do that. We don't do that. And that's why And this, it's a very good question that was brought up. And Rick, I would encourage that when you have Professor Chergowski on, on Friday, bring it up in regards to the history of the electoral college. It dates back to, you know, the late 1700s, uh, the late 18th century, um, you know, before we had modern communications. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm hunting down a, a maps expert from somewhere. I don't even know where he's from, actually, but okay. he's like a Ph.D. In, okay. So I think he That's will. That's what your Friday show will be. No, I'm, no, I'm trying to get this guy as a different show. He, okay. was, he was supposed to come on today. Okay. But then you were coming. In. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he, he actually didn't well, email me back. Bring him on. I mean, right, yeah. And no, it's, it's a very good question. It's one of those deals on. where I'm working on this because, and we'll get into it, because in the state of Wisconsin, the, the Supreme Court has ordered new maps. Mm -hmm. And now as that's going, the Republicans in Wisconsin are, you guys are voting on this tomorrow. Yes, or I just you, learned this this afternoon. Right? That, is uh, this a thing you, like like when Mike McCarthy learns he gets fired on Twitter and not that that's happened, but did you learn about this on social media or did. did somebody inform you, hey, no, tomorrow? I got an email. Uh, I got an email before I came on this show okay. about 3.30 so, this afternoon saying that we're going to bring up, there's legislation being brought up by the majority party, the Republicans in Madison to, um, um, look at uh, new maps. And first of all, I say, you know, a they, new, a new model to draw maps, a right? A new model to draw maps. And so my first reaction was, okay, so they understand that the current maps that they have been so proud of are unconstitutional and, you know, are not representative of the state of Wisconsin. So I give them credit that they recognize that, you know, what they've been saying for the last 12 years. Timing seems skeptical. But the timing is very skeptical. I will say this, is that we deserve better than the maps we have right now. I want to find balance in our maps. I've been clear on that. I have a balanced district right now. When I say balanced, I mean this thing is very 50-50. Um, yeah, you know, me, and, me and William Garcia put out a podcast earlier today 
that talked about the new maps, and he said, all, "So there's so there's seven models. Mm-hmm. So the way we're doing the maps now is the Supreme Court ordered drawing new maps and said anyone that wants to send us some maps, go ahead." And right. seven groups did. That's right. Which seems kind of ridiculous. Like, right. okay, whoever, like me and you, could have drawn some drawn new maps map and, and submitted them, right? Right. And and somebody, the two Senate groups, two Senate Democratic groups. I don't know if you're part of one or the other. Two Senate Democratic groups drew new maps and submitted them. So right. two of the seven are. Just Democrats in the Senate, which yes, seems kind of dumb. It's, yeah, I mean, so why won't they have one? I, I don't quite understand it. But well, there's there's differing views in the Senate, but like, right. why have any? Why why do we have a process where seven groups randomly anyone right. can just draw the maps of Wisconsin and then we'll pick the best ones? Which which makes sense. It'd be great if we had a hundred proposals because then right. we we really get. But I, I feel like that the timing of that. But also, like while this is going on, the Republicans. And they've already done this in the assembly. So you you had to have paid attention. We've talked about right, this when have. the assembly. So have you been studying that, or are you going to have to cram in the next twenty four no. hours to no. figure out? I, I first of all, I'm just going to be upfront with you and the listeners here. Uh, I don't have a lot of trust right now when it comes to uh, you know having you know, all of a sudden this uh, 12th hour, this 11th hour map being brought forward and, you know, legislation being brought forward that we need to all of a sudden pass tomorrow. I mean, we have all known this for the last 12 years, since 2011, that uh, the maps that we have in our state, you know, are quite frankly, unrepresentative, I would argue unconstitutional. And they're they do not uh, recognize, you know, the, the people of this state in an adequate way. And uh, now all of a sudden uh, that the state Supreme Court has changed hands and uh, they've asked for, you know, different proposals to be brought forward and what the map should look like. Now all of a sudden people have uh, uh, found, found salvation and they want to bring forward a uh, different map and right. rush it through the uh, state Senate. I mean, come on. I uh, Well, also know. the proposal for the new maps – they call it the Iowa model, and literally, like bipartisan Iowa legislators mm-hmm. have come out and said, "This isn't the Iowa model." This isn't the Iowa model because what happens is, is the Iowa model is, is that you would have you know nonpartisan group that would uh, draw these maps, uh, but underneath this proposal that, uh, as written by the Republican legislature, is that uh, if the majority of the legislature does not like these nonpartisan maps that have been presented, they could uh, redraw it themselves. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> we're right back to the, where we're the, at. So the proposal that the Republicans have put out that you're voting on, or are you voting yeah. on this tomorrow? Yeah, or? I guess I, that's what I've been told. We're going to vote on it tomorrow. Okay, so that proposal, it's actually worse than what we have now because at what we have now, at least the governor can veto that. Right. But this new proposal would say it would kind of supersede the governor. That's what that's the plan. And I will say this is that, you know, Rick, I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night. I mean, come on. Were you born at night? Like I your was mom? Born okay. at night. I was born at night. <laughs> Is that, I've never but heard I wasn't that. born at last night. And I will say that uh, we can do better than this. And I think the yeah, your listeners know we can do better than what we're doing right now in the state. All right. 608-785-7914. Bunch of people calling in. I'm a, you're all on hold. I'll get to you in a minute. We got to take a break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom in the studio with me, State Senator Brad Paff. All right, Brad, don't let me forget. I can take a picture of you, and just warning you, I might do it while you're talking, and no that worries. and that always makes people. Uh, this is a 80 year old McJagger who has tour dates, like 14 tour dates, 
uh, in May and June coming up, 80 years old. Awesome. President Biden can't run the country, and and President Trump's too old to run the country as well. But you know, Mick Jagger's still doing it. Um, all right, so a couple of things we were talking about. We, first of all, I brought up the electoral maps, um, but then that kind of leads leads to this conversation where you guys tomorrow in the state senate are going to vote on this quote unquote Iowa model, which isn't the Iowa model. We should probably call it the quote unquote Iowa model. And um, it keeps the, partisan politics still in map making. Yeah. That's what it does. It's just and wrong. is there a world here when the, and I'll get to the calls in a second, when the assembly passes a medical marijuana bill, and I know Robin Voss said, we are not negotiating, but you could, right. could you negotiate with this Iowa model and go, okay, well, the flaws in this are this part, and we will change that and send it back to the assembly? Is there a conversation to be had there? Or is the Senate just going to vote yes or no tomorrow and and that's and then the governor will veto it because that's where we're at. Yeah, well, so the assembly, I believe, already has voted on their yeah, yeah, measure. Yeah. So this, I think, the Senate measure that the Republicans are bringing up will be identical. Uh, it's expected that they'll send it to the governor. He'll veto. Okay, it. so there's not a there's not a world here where you the Senate gets it and and tinkers with it. Nah, and I don't sends see it. it. No, I, I okay. don't. I don't see that happening, but it's hard to tell. What, but that happens with some bills, it does. like a medical marijuana bill. Lemahieu, the Senate leader, right? He said, "Hey, we want to tinker with this," yeah. and but but we're not saying that for the maps. Okay, that's right. That's what I've been told. I mean, the thing is, is that Rick. What's sad is, for twelve years, the people of this state have been living underneath gerrymandered maps that have not represented their interests, and quite frankly, um, is have been completely wrong. And now we have an opportunity to change this, um, and the state supreme court recognizes it needs to be changed, and that's why they've asked uh, the groups that brought forward the lawsuits to bring forward new yeah. maps and we'll have something hopefully by March. Yeah. And you, as we were talking over the break, I said it wrong. Like me and you couldn't bring up our own version nope. of the maps and, and submit it to the Supreme court. It's gotta be somebody who involved. filed a lawsuit against the existing maps. Okay. But like existing map, but you have to be part of that lawsuit because the Democrats in the Senate, two groups there, um, Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty submitted a map. Are they part of the lawsuit? They 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 are part of a lawsuit as well. Okay, so, so. any group that's uh, we should have we should have got involved. We should have sued the yeah, government. You would have got involved. Um, all right. Well, Clyde wants to talk about budget surplus, but Joe actually wants to talk about these maps. So I'm going to bring Joe on quick. Uh, Joe, you you got a question comment for for Brad? Well, two two things. I want to make a comment, and then I got a question for Brad. My, my comment actually deals with my question. It seems to be the Democratic Party wants to push for women's rights for reproduction for abortion instead of pregnancy prevention. Uh, I don't think that's right. I think we should push and put all the money and effort towards pregnancy prevention if these women do not want to start a family, but they still want to have sexual relations. Uh, I believe it should be protection instead of abortion. Uh, My question is, when we redraw the district maps in Wisconsin, what is the hope for the Democrats? Is it reproductive rights, as they call it, or the ability to order abortion pills over uh, through the mail, and also marijuana, which I am in support of? But what other than those two things, abortion by mail and marijuana, uh, do the Democrats really want to change about what the Republicans are in control of? Thanks. All right. Thanks, thanks for the call, Joe. Okay, so I'm, I'm guessing if in a world where the Democrats have power— what would be the priorities here? Working families. I think that, uh, quite frankly, we can't wait any longer to make sure that the people on French Island have 
drinking water that they can go to their tap and turn on the tap and get drinking water. Look at the softball question you just gave Brad, I, Joe. The Unbelievable. Other, the other We're thing, just going to go to the, the like, hey. The, the, the other the, thing that I want to fight to make sure is this child care situation. I think it's ridiculous that uh, a working family person in Holman, West Salem, La Crosse, or Onalaska, or anywhere else, they pay as much for child care for one year is what someone pays for tuition at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. It's ridiculous. Right. And then those people in that situation can't do anything else, right? They, they can't just do can, anything else. And, and, the, and the job that they go to often doesn't even right. pay for it. Like, why even go to your job then if it's not going to pay for the child care? I firmly believe that we need to hold our pharmaceutical companies accountable. I think it's ridiculous that we haven't capped the price of insulin at $35 a month insulin. This is for diabetics. This was created over 100 years ago. I mean, then you had a proposal for I that, right? I still have the proposal, okay. but yet I can't get a hearing so, on it because, uh, you know. Well, let's do this. So when tomorrow you get an email at 3.30 today, the mm-hmm. Iowa MAPS model is going to be voted by the Senate. And I, get, I understand that goes to the vote, full vote. Have you even had a committee hearing on the $35 insulin proposal? We have not. Okay. And I say this. Is I, that because your name is on it and you're a jerk Democrat? I... I believe it is because of the fact that uh, there are different priorities, and I will be very clear to Joe and everyone else that's listening here. My priorities are here. This is where I was born and raised. This is where my wife and I have raised our kids. This is where we live, and I'm going to fight for the people's interest here. So Joe's so mad that he that well, he lobbied I'm glad this he, softball. I'm glad he asked the question. <laughs> well, you can look and, at look at my state, Brad. Yeah. Look at Minnesota. We got free school lunch. We got parental family leave. So if my grandma gets sick and I got to go take care of her, I can take off work and get like half pay. That's how that works in the state. There's a state kitty for that. Um, but that brings up, you need money in the state budget. With Minnesota had a $17 billion budget surplus. So we did some things, mm-hmm. right? Like we did some, Democrats got a hold of the government, did some things. Clyde on the on hold. Thanks for waiting, Clyde. Wants to talk about the budget surplus. Go ahead, Clyde. Well, I have a suggestion about the budget surplus, but I got two other points first, and that is is that the Electoral College, you can divide it up any way you want, whether it's 50-50 or whatever, but it's still going to end up whoever gets the most is still going to win. And uh, the only reason why to change and divide things up is, is to move towards a popular vote, which is not what was intended in the Constitution because we are 50 individual countries, not one country. Most, many of our country, excuse me, many of our states have a population larger than other countries in the world. So that's the reason why the Electoral College exists. Okay, Clyde, what's your your question on the budget surplus? Okay, well, the, the suggestion is, the suggestion is, is that whatever the the budget surplus is, take 20% and put it in the rainy day fund, take the 80% and divide it up between the 1,255 towns in Wisconsin. That way you give the money directly to the, the money to the organization, the government that runs the that that is closest to the people. Okay, local government. Yeah. Okay. Lo- lo- local government. The the very localist government. And I've suggested this to three other legislators, and they've said that's a great idea, but it won't pass. Okay, Brad, you got a comment on that? Thanks, well, Clyde. I mean, first of all, thank you, Clyde, uh, for the calls, and thank you for your comments regarding the electoral college. Uh, Rick, you really got 
got him going on a total I know I shouldn't have brought it up at all. It's like productive and unproductive because it's not it's not like your thing at this point. But I don't even know why I did it. Well, it has to do with maps a little bit, but. Budget surplus. Okay, first of all, right. So, we, so the answer Clyde's question is this: is that first of all, Clyde, thank you very much uh, for your comments. Uh, I will say the following things: I recognize the need to make sure that our local units of government have the resources that they need in order to make sure they provide the services um, that they offer, such as snow plowing, police protection, fire protection, garbage uh, pickup. All of that is so very, very important. We also need to make sure that our local school districts that educate our our children also uh, have. Have the adequate resources. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, we do have a middle class tax relief. That is something that's very important to me, and that is something that's not being discussed at the level it needs to be in the state legislature. I would also like to see us really uh, have a conversation on economic development, job training, and retraining. I think we all recognize the fact the economy is constantly changing, and I want to make sure that the people here and our workers here in western Wisconsin that we have the tools and the skill sets we need in order to make sure that we can continue to compete in this economy. So I think there's a lot of things that we can do, um, you know, when we talk about a budget surplus, but I will say this is we need to keep our eye on the ball and make sure that we have clean drinking water in French Island. We need to make sure that we hold these prescription drug companies accountable. We need to make sure that we have a child care system that doesn't cost as much as the tuition at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. That is ridiculous. And um, we need to make sure that our small towns um, you know, can continue to grow and survive. So the budget surplus, though, has been sitting around for over been. two years. We've had, and it's, and it's coming, it's grown and, and it has grown. shrank. Uh, we're at about $4 billion in budget surplus. We after- will end this biennium. We will end when the budget period ends. Um, we will have about $4 billion surplus. Because we spent about $3 billion of it? Yes, we have. And Can that you- has gone for – so that money has gone back, as Clyde suggested. That money has gone back to a local – The shared revenue deal. shared revenue that we discussed. We have talked an awful lot on this show you and I have regarding transportation and making sure we fix the damn roads. And we have more work to do there, but uh, that is taking place. We were able to get additional dollars to our public schools um, – and, um, you know, I think that is an investment that is uh, well worth it. Um, but, you know, we've also been able to uh, make sure that we can uh, uh, weather these, uh, the economy, these ups and downs with the economy. And I will say this, uh, there's well, still more work to be done. Clyde mentioned the rainy day fund. We want to keep the rainy day we fund, We do right? have a rainy day fund. In like, Clyde. we don't want to give that back. No, absolutely not. What do you do with a rainy day fund? It just like, sits what happens? there. It sits there. In, in case? In case we do have that rainy day. Okay. In case we what do. would be an example of the well, rainy day? Well, an example of a rainy day would be a situation like... Hopefully this never happens again, but we have a 2008 financial collapse where all of a sudden the economy just absolutely uh, tanks and, um, you know, people are not uh, in the workforce. Or we have a situation like we had with uh, the pandemic. And you were telling me over the break, I think, uh, rainy day funds almost $2 billion. Yes, So along with a $4 billion budget surplus, we have a $2 billion rainy day fund. All right. uh, We have a lot of calls. Uh, Let's let's just roll through them here. Uh, Caller, who is this? Joe. Hey, Joe. You got a question for Brad? Hey, I do. Um, Brad, when you say hold pharmaceutical companies, you know, accountable, my question is, let's go back a few years when we invaded Afghanistan and we needed something okay. to do with their poppies. Joe, real quick, because I, there's like three people on and you're already gone. Yep, yep. I just want to know why we haven't held accountable the pharmaceutical companies when we sold Afghanistan poppies as pain pills to America and pushed it on every doctor 
and every pharmaceutical company to ramp up in the name of pain. And now nobody is holding them accountable. The government, I mean. Instead, they're suing the pharmaceutical companies when the government told them to do it. All right. Is, is, you know, I don't well, know. I will say this. I'm, first of all, Joe, I'm not here to defend uh, you know, behavior that took place you know, 20 years ago or 10 years ago. And I definitely uh, want to make sure that uh, you know, we do uh, have prescription drugs that are affordable. May it be for medication? When you say hold pharmaceuticals accountable as a state legislature, can you explain so real quick of, what that yeah, means? I have a piece of legislation that is the uh, uh, prescription uh, office of Prescription Drug Transparency. And what this office would do is, quite frankly, any drug manufacturer that is selling pharmaceutical drugs to um, within the state of Wisconsin for uh, individuals that are within the state health insurance plan, that their price of the drugs would be reviewed. And so we would have, we would know what we as taxpayers are paying for uh, for prescription drugs um, f- for those individuals that receive their insurance or are regulated by our state insurance commissioner for uh, prescription drugs. Is so this that, another one of those proposals that is just, it's just sitting, sitting around, no committee meeting? It's just meeting? sitting there. Okay. Um, all right. We'll go back to the phone. Let's call it. Who's this? Hi, it's Joe. Okay. Hey, hey Joe. I just wanted to yeah, I, I voted Democrat for many years till I realized that the Democratic Party creates victims. And I don't live my life as a victim. Um, we need to start holding people accountable for the choices that they make. And the Democratic Party creates the victim. They create a government program to get money from the taxpayer. And I, we need to stop that. What's, we need what to, program? We need, Give me an example. Well... Okay, look at the school lunch program. Look at they're trying to create a program um, th- to pay for uh, parents that have kids that can't afford the uh, uh, the programs. We, you know, I don't want to pay my house payment. So you guys going to create a program so I don't have to pay my house payment? I mean, we need we need to stop building government or making government bigger, we need to make government responsible for the tax so, dollars that they get. So what happens to those if, kids that can't get fed? Well, what happens if my, if my dog can't get fed? I don't know. What, what, happens? what are you guys going to, you guys going to, well, I, if, you, you know can, what? I take the responsibility for myself to make sure my dog eats when I have my dog or when I get food for my dog, people need to be accountable. So what do we do? You, if you can't feed your dog, what do you do, Joe? Like you can't do well, it. Then go, go, go buy bread. Go buy. You can't. I, you I, can't I, buy bread. You can't feed your dog, Joe. What do you do? You can't so, do it. Does your dog well, then, die? Then I guess they end up starving. Okay, so let the kids Why starve. Okay, we... let the kids starve. All right. All right. Thanks, Joe. Uh, one more call. Caller, who's this? Hey, it's Christian. Real quick question on yeah. the surplus. Okay. Um, in the United States, our largest line item, if I am correct, I don't know if I am or not. Uh, is paying interest on our loan, the $30 trillion. Why can't we just take the, in Wisconsin, avoid that, because we already have a pretty big line item as interest. Why can't we just pay down the debt? Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for those comments. Um, you know, we in Wisconsin, we have to have a balanced budget. And so 
when we start the fiscal year and we have a two-year biennial budget that starts on um, and it starts on July 1st of an odd number year, and uh, we have to start that year with a um, with a balanced budget. And um, what we do have is we do have programs that go from one year to the next. So there's always built-in expense, but uh, you know we we are required and I to have a balanced budget in the state and uh, and we do in fact the state retired 415 million dollars in debt um, just recently uh, using part of the budget surplus um, now I do want to tell you that uh, you know we can be more budget responsible and uh, I think I think people that know me recognize that I'm a pretty thrifty guy and uh, I always you know pay my bills I recognize your earlier comments that uh, one of the callers made, uh, but having said that, um, you know I do believe that uh, an investment uh, in things like um, education and transportation and health, uh, I think those are good investments for all of us. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back to wrap up. Back on the air here. I can't. I can't get the call in. I, I can't do it. There's just not enough time. But he essentially was standing on the phone. If I have, if I have kids, I just get another job. If I can't pay for their school lunch or whatever, get another job. But then that comes back to that. Well, if I'm working 17 hours a day or seven days a week, 60 hours a week, then I don't see a. I don't see my kids. B. What do I do with my kids? Right. Yeah. So well, that gets it, back to childcare. It does, and I'll tell you also is he brings up a good point, and the point is the fact that uh, we got to make sure this economy works. Uh, for the working families in this country. I think we all recognize, all your listeners recognize the fact that, uh, you know, we just can't have Wall Street uh, continue to make the kind of uh, money that they make, uh, hedge fund managers and all of that. And well, I just, re- I just learned like 70% that, of quote-unquote inflation has been corporate profits. Yeah, I mean, we can't have... Or corporate a, inflation, they I just mean, raise it. Obviously, I want to see our economy grow, but I want to see our economy grow on Main Street as well. And I want to make sure that, you know, our working people are getting their fair share. I mean, that's important. So, um, I mean, that's that's like the, the most gigantic picture we have is if you go back to my dad, mm-hmm. my parents, my dad's like 72 now, I think, mm-hmm. uh, worked at Kimberly Clark, good union job. Mom stayed home and watched three boys. Yep. And that was the world we lived in because that's right. And my dad, it's not like he was he, he didn't have a, a master's degree in engineering, right. you know, Um but but that can't happen anymore. Though even the people that work good union jobs, the mom also has to have a job, or the mom wants a job, and then therefore, but neither of those those two income. We have to have two income families now, and then nobody's home to watch the kids. Yeah, that's right. So like either we pay for childcare, or or we could hold the corporations responsible for paying the workers their fair share. But that's like such a big picture thing, and then that gets into like who's funding that's, the that, political campaign. And that's why this. That's why when we have conversations regarding uh, growing this economy, we got to make sure that we focus on you know, where we're at, where we live and who we represent. And as I stated earlier, I'm going to fight like hell to make sure that this district gets its fair share because the wealth inequality that takes place right now, it's sad. I mean, it's a sad situation where you have, you know, hedge fund managers uh, on Wall Street that are literally making, get a bonus that's larger than what, uh, you know, people uh, make on an on a yearly basis. The best one is when they they screw up. I almost said it. They they screw up and then they get essentially fired, mm-hmm. 
and then when they get fired, they get the 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 parachute, they still get the parachute, the, the gold parachute, the golden parachute. Yeah, they get all this money. They get these bonuses. Thanks for screwing up our company. Here's yeah. twenty million dollars on your way out to what? Not say anything or not exactly. And I think that's what frustrated me the most after two thousand and eight when the economy got tanked, and yet. Uh, you know, there was bonuses that were being rewarded um, to some of these uh, well, these individuals. Other, I thought that was wrong. Another story that just came out. We're we're going to wrap up here with State Senator Brad Half. We're almost done, but the uh, the five or ten richest people in the U.S. doubled their income or doubled their wealth since the pandemic. So yeah, like, I mean, think of that. Uh, <laughs> just just think of that. That's um, so. I I think it's important that we continue to focus on. Um, uh, making sure that this area, uh, we continue to invest in our people. All right, that's State Senator Brad Paff hanging out this hour. Thanks a lot, Brad. Thank you. All right, we got to coming back tomorrow, Habitat for Humanity. We're going to talk housing.